It's time for Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the best place to go to get all your fantasy football news, analysis, and advice to dominate your league. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. First off, let's talk about that Giants-Washington football team game. I mean, can the Giants find any more ways to lose? Darius Slayton, I mean, that was the drops of drops that will be remembered for a long time. I mean, the game was right in your grasp, and no one within like 20 yards from you. It would have been a big day for Slayton, too, because that would have been a second touchdown. But no. Um... Yeah, so the Giants lose. Washington football team kicks the uh, last second field goal. And this game's a wrap. And on top of that, you know, I thought it was going to be a low-scoring game. And, you know, I thought the Washington football team would cover the three-point spread. But something happened to Daniel Jones. Like, we've been ragging on Daniel Jones, and mostly because he turns the ball over so much. So... But this Washington defense, I didn't think the Giants had a chance. And then here comes Daniel Jones being, I don't know, a quarterback that we haven't seen in a very long time. And completing passes, hitting guys. Uh, I mean, like I said, Slayton had a good game. And uh, Sterling Shepard had a really good game. Kenny Galladay, he, he didn't have a good game. And I don't know what to think of Kenny Galladay. He's... His injuries last year for the Lions and then him not being re-signed. Like, he looked like he had a future to be a number one receiver. And I thought it was a bad fit signing with the Giants. And it's been a bad fit for two games now where it just hasn't been uh, hasn't been effective. And I even had him as a start this week because I really thought that, uh, you know, he couldn't be uh, this ineffective for this long. And, and, and he has been. So... You know, I, I did have Darius Slayton on the bench, which, again, he had that drop, but he also had a touchdown, had a decent game. But I had Saquon Bar- Barkley as a sit, uh, Evan Ingram, Adam Humphreys, so I felt like I did pretty good. I had J.D. McKissick as a start, and J.D. McKissick scored a touchdown, and it was really productive. I mean, he was really active in the passing game. And uh, how bent are you right now if you were an Antonio Gibson owner? He uh, gets all the way down to the goal line, and then McKissick, you know, pops it in, and, uh, you know, in the two-minute drill. And that's just really disappointing. It's like a way to get, you know, a touchdown vultured. But then to make matters worse, if you're a Logan Thomas fan or you have him in your fantasy football team, you got vultured by what, Ricky Jones, uh, Ricky Seals Jones. And, uh, yeah, that was just that type of day, the two biggest Washington football team playmakers that uh, you might have had the most confidence in outside of Terry McLaurin, and uh, they both get vultured for for touchdowns by their backups. But that's fantasy football for you, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little bitter about it because I had both Gibson and Logan Thomas in my FanDuel thing for the single game, and... At that point, once I got robbed, you know, the, the first time I was like, all right, you know, it happens. But then the second time I'm like, you know, this isn't going to be my day. And, uh, you know, 
I, I'm just not going to get it done. And I, I didn't. I didn't win any money. I didn't get it done. So anyway, moving on to the breaking news. We have quite a bit of breaking news here. Raiders defensive tackle Jared McCoy will miss the season. And this will be like the second time. He played for the Panthers last year after he missed the previous season with the Buccaneers. And, uh, yeah, now he's done. Dolphins tight end Adam Shaheen was activated from the COVID list. You know, I, f- I feel like I mentioned Shaheen quite a bit in this, and I actually uh, thought I mentioned him already in the breaking news, but for some reason I really like to talk about Adam Shaheen because uh, I won't talk about him much, you know, for actual fantasy football or for game action. Ravens signed running back Devonta Moore, or Devonta Freeman, to the active roster, and... Devonta Freeman, he had all those good seasons with the Falcons. Then he had that injury, and he just never really really recovered from that injury. Uh, the Falcons let him go. He played for the Giants last year. It really didn't do much for the Giants. And then he was cut in training camp This uh, by the Saints, I believe. And then now that he's, you know, he's going to be signed to the active ro- roster. And I actually like him still better than Le'Veon Bell. I, I I would rather take Freeman than Bell, but uh, don't really like any of them. The Ravens are just collecting free agent running backs that are potentially washed up. And uh, Le'Veon Bell, Devonta Freeman, they got Latavius Murray off the scrap heap. And, you know, Tyson Williams uh, is probably the only, or Tyson Williams is really the uh, only guy that uh, I think really has, well, him and Murray, they have relevance, but uh, yeah, Ravens are really trying to stack up on the running backs. But how crazy is it that they have three of their running backs hurt before the season starts, all within like a two-week span between a J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and then Justice Hill? I've just never seen something like this before, and it's almost like you feel bad for the Ravens, but then you, you remember that it's the Ravens, so you, you don't feel as bad, but still a tough blow. So, uh, yeah, now they got Devonta Freeman on the team, and uh, we'll have to see how that goes with his usage. But uh, right now, it's not like he, you have to run out and pick him up or sign him. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think he'll be a, a big part of this offense right now. 49ers linebacker uh, Dre Greenlaw will miss six to eight weeks. He had core surgery. That's kind of a big deal because he's a great cover linebacker. And now that he's hurt, I really like the tight ends against the 49ers. So that's why I like to bring this up. 49ers usually do pretty decent against the tight end. Uh, they haven't lately. And, you know, Greenlaw even had an interception last week, I believe. Uh, but now with him being out like half the season, that really opens things up uh, in the middle of the field for the 49ers. So just remember that when you're looking at like tight end plays against them and, and, and uh, slot receivers. Wide receiver Tyrell Williams is in concussion protocol, and he'll probably miss this week's game. And it's just Tyrell Williams, man. He, you know, uh, he just is hurt all the time. He's hurt more than he plays, but when he does play, he's has a lot of potential and is a big play threat. But uh, he's hurt again, so we don't have to worry about him this week. And he he could probably be a drop if you have him on your fantasy football team. Concussions can take a while, and even if they don't, Tyrell Williams is proven to be hurt more often than not. And say he does come back, I mean, he's a guy you could just pick right back up and plug in there. I don't think anyone's going to be clamoring to 
take him off the waiver wire at this point. So, you know, he'll miss the Monday night game against the Packers. Jameson Crowder was activated from the COVID list. Giants place guard Shane Lemieux on IR. And this happened before the game today. So, you know, he, he wasn't available for the for all the action. And uh, who knows how long he'll be out. Texans place linebacker Kevin Pierre-Lewis on IR. And, I mean, that's, I don't know. That's, I have nothing to say about that. T. Higgins, he's dropping Ocho Cinco's 85, and he's switching to number five next year. So really, he's going to his college number that he had at LSU, or sorry, <laughs> at Clemson. And the 85, I, I think that's a good move because everyone, everyone uh, that plays for the Bengals or is a fan of the Bengals knows that 85 is Chad Johnson, and. Uh, T. Higgins, I think, wants to create his own legacy. So I I agree with this move. And, I mean, it's not going to happen until next year. And it is just a number switch. But numbers are important if you play football. And uh, you, you definitely have your favorites. And uh, now with the new rule change on numbers, he's able to go back to his college number. So I, I don't blame him for this decision. And that's really all the news we have. Uh, it's kind of a slow news week. Well... I should say a couple days. So we'll just uh, go right into the previews and talk about the matchups for week two and uh, you know see if we can uh, give you the starters for your fantasy football team that will help you win this week. NFL preview alert. Let the games begin. It's just my thoughts. It's just my thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. First Sunday morning game we're going to preview is the New England Patriots at the New York Jets. And the Patriots are favored by five and a half points. They're not at home and they're favored by five and a half points. So that's almost six points, which basically is a touchdown. I don't see that happening. I'm going to take the Jets and get those points, even though I think the Patriots win this game. The over-under is 43, and I almost wanted to go with the over because it's so low, but... I'm taking the under on this. I mean, I'm starting Damian Harris and James White for the Patriots. I really think the running backs are going to be the difference in this game, and that's how New England's going to be effective moving the ball with this offense. I do like Nelson Aguilar. I think he'll be the receiver that probably gets the most play in this one, but it's kind of speculation. I mean, this could easily go over to uh, uh, Jacoby Myers, but... I actually think Jacoby Myers is a sit. And, yeah, I have Hunter Henry as a sit as well. I am starting Jonu Smith. Like, you know, Jets have great stats against the tight end, but, you know, they went against Dan Arnold and the Carolina Panthers, and um, Sam Darnold doesn't seem to throw to Dan Arnold. And uh, he, he didn't really throw to the tight ends when he played for the Jets. So I, I'm I'm looking past that game, and I'm going to start John Newsmith. For the Jets, I'm starting Corey Davis, and that's about it. I like Corey Davis. He got two touchdowns last week. I don't think he does that this week, but uh, good enough to start. Everybody else is on the bench. Mac Jones. I was, sorry, Mac Jones is on the bench for the Patriots, but uh, Zach Wilson is on the bench for the Jets. Tevin Coleman, Michael Carter, uh, Ty Johnson, um, Elijah Moore, Jamison Crowder, 
Tyler Croft. I got them all on the bench. I I just don't think that uh, Zach Wilson will be able to perform very well against these uh, this Patriot defense. I think they'll be out coached, and uh, they'll really mix things up and confuse uh, Zach Wilson. So that will make this offense pretty ineffective in this game. So uh, again, Patriots win, but they don't cover. It's really going to be a low scoring game, and I'm uh, I'm not that excited about it. But you know. AFC East. This next preview is the Denver Broncos at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Denver is favored by six points. The over-under is 45.5. I think Denver covers. I just like that defense too much, and, and I'm not sold on this Jacksonville Jaguars offense. I mean, I know they did okay last week, but they did play the Houston Texans. The Denver Broncos defense is not the Houston uh, Texans defense. So uh, I, I definitely think this will be a blowout by Denver, and I just don't think Jacksonville will score enough to cover the point spread or cover the points on the over-under. So I'm taking under on the 45.5. I'm starting Teddy Bridgewater. I'm starting Melvin Gordon. I'm starting Javante Williams. I'm starting Tim Patrick. KJ Hamler, Noah Fant, almost everybody. I really like everybody on the Broncos. I would just pretty much throw uh, everyone out there. Uh, Cortland Sutton, uh, you know, he had a bad week last week, so, you know, he, he might redeem himself this week. But if anyone has a bad week, I think it might be Cortland Sutton. Um, but you really got to roll with all those Denver Broncos and, you know, I think this is going to be a huge game for Melvin Gordon, actually. I, I think this might be uh, the, yeah, the one of the the, the bigger games for him. So, uh, great matchup to do it. And uh, it'll be interesting, for sure, because as much as I have the Denver Broncos players starting, I have all the Jacksonville Jaguars players on the bench. So they can all take a seat. Trevor Lawrence, don't like the matchup. James Robinson, I mean, he was out carried by Carlos Hyde against the Texans, and I wasn't that impressed with Car- Carlos Hyde. So both of those guys can take a seat, and I'm not trying to figure out that mess, uh, you know, on a bad team. DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, and, you know, I have them on the bench. I do have Marvin Jones starting just because I think, you know, the Jaguars will be playing from behind, and Marvin Jones will be the main target hog getting the ball they'll be kind of forcing the ball to him so I think that makes him relevant but everyone else is a bench for me and, and James O'Shaughnessy or like how you pronounce his name the the Irishman he's he's on the bench even though he did get a lot of targets last week against the Texans but the Texans are really bad against the tight end and Denver is not so uh, you know he's he's an afterthought in this game but uh, again, it's be crazy seeing the Broncos get uh, get out to a two zero start, and uh, I, I think they really dominate these, this Jacksonville Jaguar squad. The Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins. Now this is going to be the Buffalo Bills revenge tour. You know they lost at home against the Steelers, so I think they're going to come out hungry in this one. Dolphins, they barely survived the Patriots, and and to be honest, I actually see the Dolphins taking a big step back this season. I'm 
not as big on them as I was last season. So I, you know, bills are favored by three. And I think that's, you know, that should be more generous. I think they should be favored by more. So I'm jumping all over the bills and I'll give up that three points, you know, gladly. Uh, that's actually, if I had to do a, trifecta anywhere that would be part of my trifecta i'm just that confident in the buffalo bills the over under is 47.5 i'm taking the under on that i want to take the over most of the time and i'm finding myself especially uh, this week going with the under a lot and i just don't like some of these matchups uh they're not conducive to high scoring games josh allen i'm starting of course stefan diggs i'm starting gabriel davis Dawson Knox is actually a good play against the Dolphins. They haven't done very well against the tight end. But uh, everyone else is on the bench. Uh, Devin Singletary, Matt Breida, I mean Zach Moss, of course. He you know, didn't have any role last week. Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley. And there's a funny joke that, uh, you, you know, he, he had a drop pass and uh, they were... Uh, Saying that the 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 the, uh, the balls were avoiding him like COVID, and just a kind of kind of a funny dig about him and his uh, mask uh, refusal and vaccination refusals. <laughs> but anyway, um, Dolphins. I'm sitting everybody. I think the only person I'm starting is Will Fuller, and that's because I just like his talent. And uh, again, I think the. Dolphins will be behind, and they'll need to pass a little bit, and I think he'll be the main uh, recipient of those those targets. But Mike Kosicki, Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddle, uh, Miles Gaskins, I just don't like any of them. I think the Bills are really going to come to play this game and really dominate the game, and you know just because they were embarrassed last week. So they're going to take that on the, out on the Dolphins. And poor Dolphins, you know, what did they do to, de- to deserve this, uh, you know? They didn't do anything, but at least the Bills are beating a, a division rival and uh, helping them in the in the standings. So, uh, Bills all the way in this one. The San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Niners are favored by three points, and the over-under for points is 50. You know... I think most people are going to be taking the Niners on this, and I'm taking the Eagles. They're at home. Eagles look pretty impressive. I mean, I, I get that they were playing the Falcons, but, uh, you know, I wasn't that impressed with the Niners' performance against the Lions, and then with the injuries to uh, Moster uh, and Barrett. Um, I, I, I'm just, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm feeling kind of down on the 49ers this week, and I'm feeling really good about the Eagles. So I'm taking the Eagles in this one. Give me the three points, and uh, I'm taking over on the 50. I just think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think the Eagles will be able to kind of pass over all over the 49ers, not liking the cornerbacks right now. And uh, I just think Jalen Hurts is pretty versatile, and will be able to do a lot of different things. So of course I'm starting Jalen Hurts. I'm starting Miles Sanders and uh, Kenneth Gainwell. I think both of those running backs will be productive. Miles Sanders because he gets the uh, most of the volume, and Gainwell because he will get a lot of the goal line carries. Devonta Smith as a receiver I like, and then obviously the tight ends, both Dallas uh, Goddard and Zach Ertz, I think are plays and can do some 
pretty big things. I'm, I'm not high on Jalen Rager uh, and actually all the other receivers I'm not really high on. I, I, I don't think that, uh, I don't know, I just think that the they're going to be throwing a lot to the backs and to the tight ends. And if they do throw it to a receiver, it'll be Devonta Smith. So uh, on the on the 49ers side of the ball, um, you know, it was one thing like Jalen Hurts on the Eagles where he just had a great first week of the season. Really, you know, he was kind of a sleeper pick in fantasy football circles and really came through. He's a great, you know, great mix of running and passing. So uh, you got to like the encouraging start. But on the other end, with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance kind of split in time. Uh, Trey Lance was a little banged up, so he hasn't been practicing. But I don't know. I don't like either of these guys against these Eagles defense. I think the Eagles defense is underrated this year. I, th- I think they're going to prove to be, by the end of the season, a really top-notch defense. And, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much out. Like, Elijah Mitchell... He's the number one waiver wire pickup, and I, you know, I'm not disputing that because he was my number one waiver pickup. But in this matchup, uh, I don't think he's the sleeper that some are saying he's going to be. I think he's going to be kind of bottled up. And then Brandon Ayuk is potentially injured, and that's why he didn't get any targets last week. Uh, but I'm I'm not liking him or Debo Samuel. In in fact, for the 49ers, I like George Kittle. I think he can have a big game against the Eagles. That's kind of where their weakness is, is defending the tight end. But uh, outside of that, I'm not really big on any of the 49ers in this matchup. So call me crazy, but, uh, you know, and I think it's kind of funny because you're like, well, you're picking the over on 50. Well, I I, I think it potentially can still be a high-scoring game. I just, uh, there's just too much... Uh, there's just too much uh, muck to kind of shift through on this 49ers offense. You know, I, I think obviously George Kittle will get a score, but uh, th- those other scores are going to be, uh, it's going to be hard sledding and how they're distributed. And, you know, who's to say that it's not Jamichael Hasty getting the touchdown or uh, one of those other uh, players that aren't, aren't even on a fantasy football roster. I, I just think it's, it's too tough to call on, on the 49ers side and, on the Eagles side, there's just a lot to like. So you want to start all those people. So it will be an interesting game. We'll see if I'm right. I'm really kind of sticking my neck out by saying that they're, you know, a lot of 49ers won't be fantasy relevant, but the, uh, you know, they're going <laughs> to, between the two teams, they're going to score over 50 points. So uh, sometimes that works out. Most of the time it doesn't, but that's uh, going through the numbers. That's how I feel about this game. So we'll, we'll see. The Los Angeles Rams at the Indianapolis Colts. Rams are favored by three and a half points. The over-under is 47.5. I'm taking the under for sure. I like both of these defenses. I think they're both powerhouse defenses. And uh, I, I definitely think the Rams cover. I think they win by way more than a field goal. Mostly because I like the Rams offense way better than I like the Colts offense. Not really high on the Colts offense right now and don't think they can be effective. So starting benching-wise, you know, on the Rams, I'm starting Matthew Stafford, starting Bobby Trees for sure, and then uh, Cooper Cup. Uh, Van Jefferson, you know, I'm even starting him. I'm going to put him in the mix. I like him as a receiver. He, you know, had the touchdown the first week, but I think he's going to be in more in play this year and could be a, a pretty good weapon in this offense. 
especially because Deshaun Jackson just had so much trouble staying healthy. Um, Tyler Higby is also a play here. I actually like their passing game against the Colts in this one. I, I don't like their running game. Daryl Henderson, Sony Michelle, they all can, uh, you know, take a seat in this one. I'm not interested in those uh, two players. I, I really think the Colts will be able to bottle up the run. On the uh, Colts side of the ball, you know, I'm starting It's kind of the same thing. I'm starting the running backs. Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, I'm starting him. Zach, Zach Pascal, actually, I'm starting. Out of all the receivers, you know, people are going to be talking about Paris Campbell. People are going to be talking about Michael Pittman Jr. And Zach Pascal is the guy. I mean, he, you know, he scored, what, a couple touchdowns last week? He He's always that sneaky guy that's like, you think is the fourth or fifth receiver and then the game's over and he was like one of their most targeted guys and he has some touchdowns so even if he doesn't have a lot of yards he makes up for it I really like him and I like him in this one and uh, you know so much that he's actually my favorite receiver in this matchup uh, you know for the Colts uh, so speaking to Michael Pittman Jr. and Paris Campbell, they're on my bench. Jack Doyle's on my bench. Carson Wentz is on my bench. I just think the Rams are going to eat Carson Wentz alive in this one. And I'm I'm not high on the Colts' offense in general right now. So that's why I think the Rams are going to actually win this one pretty easily. It just uh, won't be that high of a scoring game. So um, Rams will, you know, start off as two and zero, and and the Colts will being a no-two hole, and uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, the Colts just have, you know, they've been victims of just a tough schedule so far and uh, not really having that identity on offense yet. The Las Vegas Raiders at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh's favored by six points. The over-under is 47.5, so pretty much the same as the Rams in the Colts game. I'm going with the Raiders on this one, and mostly because, I mean, the Raiders have always played the Steelers really well, even when they've been one of the worst teams in the NFL. So I can imagine with the Raiders being a little bit better that uh, they don't hold their own against the Steelers. Now, I think the Steelers win. I just think it's going to be like a field goal type game where, uh, you know, this is a type of every time they play the Steelers play the Raiders, Big Ben struggles a little bit. They their offense is looks discombobulated. The Raiders get like special teams touchdowns or defensive touchdown or just some kind of break, and uh, ends up making this game closer than what it should be. And I don't know what it is about the Raiders. It's just they yeah they always play the Steelers tough, uh, no matter how good or bad that that squad is. So you know you six points is a lot in the NFL. So give me the Raiders. And I'm taking the under. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Like I said, the, the Raiders seem to bottle up the Steelers' offense for some reason. Even back when they had, like, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, they were just, you know, they couldn't get the anything going. So I'm going to take those memories and, and, and kind of put it into this game where I expect kind of the same thing. I will start Najee Harris, though. I really like Najee in this one. I think he is going to be the main guy for the Steelers and have a really big game. And then Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. Deontay Johnson, because I think he'll just get so many targets that he'll be relevant and have a decent day. And Chase Claypool for his big play potential, I think it's worth the risk. And, you know, you don't want to have him on your bench when he gets like, you know, two 
50-yard bombs from Roethlisberger. So, I'm not to say that's going to happen, but uh, again, if it does, you want to be, you want to have that guy out there. Uh, everyone else, Juju Smith-Schuster, the tight ends especially, Ebron, Freermuth, I don't think they'll have big games, so they could all be on your bench, along obviously with Roethlisberger, who I mentioned previously. And then the Raiders, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. I'm starting Darren Waller, and I mean, the whole Steelers defense is going to de- be defending him. They're going to be, it's going to be like 11 on one against Waller. They're going to be like, you know, we defend this guy, we're going to win the game. And I think there's something to that because he's the only guy that I like. I don't like Derek Carr. I don't think he's going to have enough time to throw the ball efficiently. The Steelers are going to get there. And then all those receivers, Hunter Renfro, Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards. Uh, It's just, uh, I don't like any of those guys. They don't seem to be able to get open consistently. And that's that's a problem, especially against the Steeler D. And, uh, you know, this is like an old classic matchup from the 70s where these were the two most dominant teams but uh this will be nowhere near that this one actually might not be that fun of a game to watch but uh again i think the raiders keep it closer than uh what we're all anticipating cincinnati Bengals at the chicago bears and the bears are favored by two and a half points and i get it they're at home the Bengals aren't very good I kind of like the way the Bengals played against the Vikings. And I didn't like the way the Bears played against the Rams. And I just don't trust this Bears offense whatsoever. I don't trust it, especially with Andy Dalton. The sooner they can make the move to Justin Fields, the better I'll feel about this Bears offense. But in the meantime, I can't pick the Bears to win. I don't think they're a good team with Andy Dalton behind uh, center right now. So I I just can't pick them. I'm going to pick the Cincinnati Bengals, and I'm thinking they're going to, you know, 45 is the over-under. I think they go over that. I think it's actually going to be a higher-scoring game than what we think. And I like a lot of the Bengals players. I like Joe Burrow, of course. You need to start him. And Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, the uh, receiver, three-headed monster. I like all three of them. I think they're all relevant plays. And then Joe Mixon. I mean, Joe Mixon had a, the number one week one at running back last week, so I, I don't, you know, obviously you're not benching that guy. And then, you know, C.J. Azuma even, tight end. The Bears give up a lot to the tight end, so C.J. Azuma might be making an appearance. Um, sitting-wise, I'm not sitting any, actually I'm not sitting any of the Bengals, which is crazy to me. Uh, on the Bear side of the ball, I'm starting David Montgomery and Damian Williams because I really think it's going to, uh, you know, running the ball is the way to go against this defense. And uh, that's what, you know, the Bears are going to know that and use Montgomery and and Damian Williams as like a, you know, running back by committee that uh, is pretty effective. Allen Robinson, he kind of had a dud week one, so I really think he'll make a comeback in this one. So I'm starting him. But I don't like Andy Dalton. Darnell Mooney's been kind of banged up, so I'm not big on him in this one. And, and even Cole Komet, the Bengals have done a pretty good job against the tight end, even though historically they haven't. So I'm, I'm sitting Cole Komet in this one. I don't think there's enough room for him. I'm really interested to see how this game plays out because this is one of the ones that uh, was one of the – it was tough to judge for sure. But uh, I just, again, can't see this Bears offense doing anything with Andy Dalton there, and I am – 
surprisingly, I'm surprising myself, but uh, the Bengals are going to win this game. They're going to do it. The Houston Texans at the Cleveland Browns. This is going to be all Browns. I mean, I think Houston Texans are one of the worst teams in the NFL. Yes, they won last week, and they won handily against the Jaguars, but I still think that the Texans are maybe the worst team in football. The Cleveland Browns are favored by 12.5 points. 12.5 points. So, you know, I see that, and everyone's like, yeah, I'll take Cleveland. I'm actually taking Houston in this one. That's way too many points. I don't, I mean, if it was like the Chiefs or something that I felt like was a high-scoring offense, I I would jump all over it. But not saying the Browns don't have the capabilities of scoring a lot of points, but that's just a lot of points, and I don't feel comfortable with that. I think the Texans will be able to score a little bit more than what they're getting credit for with Tyrod Taylor. So uh, give me those points. And, uh, again, the Texans will still lose. Give me the over on the 48. You know, in a game like this, I think you start everybody. I really do think you start everybody. I have everyone starting. I have Tyrod Taylor. Um, I have Danny Amendola, Brandon Cooks. Here's a sleeper pick, though. I have Farrell Brown starting. Farrell Brown is actually getting all the targets at tight end. He had six targets last week. And, you know, this was against the Jaguars. Cleveland Browns give up a lot of targets to the tight end. So Farrell Brown is actually my sneaky tight end pick this week. I think he can be really relevant. Um, But running back-wise, I think the Browns will stuff the run. So I'm not liking Mark Ingram. Philip Lindsay, David Johnson, um, you know, and that was actually again a big surprise. Mark Ingram the second was uh, getting the majority of those carries and you know work in that backfield. I don't know if that's going to hold up, but I in this one I don't like any of them. And then for the Browns, you're starting everybody: Cream Hunt, Nick Chubb, Hollywood Higgins. I have him there because uh, Odell Beckham Jr. looks like he's not playing in this one. So with his injury. You know, it's shocking that Odell Beckham Jr. is injured again. But here we are, and uh, I think that opens the door for Hollywood Higgins. And even Donovan Peoples-Jones could uh, make an appearance where he, you know, can get a sneaky touchdown or something. But uh, Austin Hooper, David Joku, just start everybody. Just start everybody. And, of course, except for Odell Beckham since he's hurt. But this is – Cleveland's going to win, but, again, I just – I I can't take I can't give up 12.5 points. I'm taking Houston with those points in this one. New Orleans Saints at the Carolina Panthers. And this one I'll make kind of quick because on paper it looks like it'll be a high-scoring game. It's really not. I mean, that Saints defense, the way they played against the Packers, I can't imagine what they'll do against the Panthers. You know, the Panthers struggled against the Jets. Who granted have a good defense. But I just like the Saints' defense better. Even if they don't have Marshawn Lattimore, uh, Lattimore I, I think that the uh, Saints can really shut down this offense. Having said that, you know, the Saints are favored by three points. I am taking the Saints for sure. I think they win by more than that. This is another, like, gimme one where it's like if I'm doing a trifecta or a parlay or anything, like, give me the Saints and those three points against the Panthers. I'm taking the under on the 44.5, and that's just because I don't think the Panthers can score enough to keep up in this one. So it's really going to be all Saints. 
I'm just starting Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers. I mean, you, it doesn't you know doesn't uh, take a rocket scientist to say start McCaffrey. You're playing him regardless. He's matchup proof. And then everyone else is on my bench. I, I don't like Sam Darnold. I don't like DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall Jr., uh, Dan Arnold. I just don't think that the Panthers are going to be able to pass very efficiently against the Saints. So, And I don't think they'll be able to run efficiently. So I, I think most of the passing yards will have to be like little dump-offs to McCaffrey. Um, yeah, I just uh, they won't be relevant enough. On the other side of the ball, starting Jameis Winston, I'm just worried that they'll get you know a big lead and uh, you know not op- you know keep the offense open, kind of keep it one dimensional. But overall, I like Jameis's skill set in this one, and, and think he's uh, gonna have a good good week. Alvin Kamara, matchup proof. We don't need to talk about it. And then Marquez Callaway, uh, he had a rough week one, so I think he bounces back this week and has a really nice week too. It makes up for it. And Deontay Harris, I like him a lot. Like he's a return guy, and all of a sudden, like, oh, we'll incorporate him in the offense. And then he makes big plays there. And now it's like he's starting to get more and more play in the offense. And I like him, and I think he's relevant in this one and could be a start. And, but I doubt anyone has him on their roster. But they should. Um, and and uh, I think he'll start emerging as that uh, other receiver uh, over Traquan Smith. Because I have Traquan Smith on the bench. I just I'm I'm not liking what I'm seeing from him. I don't feel like he can get open enough. And uh, Adam Troutman, uh, Juwan Johnson at tight end. I really think that the Panthers will be prepared for Juwan Johnson, so he won't sneak up and surprise anybody. So uh, you know, obviously the Saints aren't going to scheme him in this one like they did, because the, the the cat's kind of out of the bag for him. Um. And Tony Jones Jr., I think he's a sit. Like I said, the Panthers will stuff the run, and that will be at the expense of Tony Jones Jr., unfortunately. The uh, you know Carolina Panthers, sitting Darnold, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall Jr., Dan Arnold. You know, if they're wearing a Panther jersey, they're on your bench, unless it's McCaffrey. I, I really think the Saints are going to shut them down. And it's going to be a, a, a big day for them. So, uh, you know, all of Louisiana will be celebrating after this one. The Minnesota Vikings at the Arizona Cardinals. And I just got to say, the Vikings going down to Birdland, uh, it doesn't look good for them. I mean, I was really impressed with the way the uh, Cardinals went up to Tennessee and just uh, stomped the Titans up in Nashville. And the Vikings losing to the Bengals was kind of a big surprise for me. I thought the Vikings would rebound this season. I, I realize the Bengals are, you know, obviously with Joe Burrow, they're going to be a better team uh, with another year under his belt than what they were last year. But that still was kind of heartbreaking if you're a Vikings fan. So Cardinals are favored by four points. Only four points. That's it. I'm going to take that all day long. I mean, I think the Arizona Cardinals win by more than this, and actually it's not even going to be a contest. The over-under is 51, and I'm taking the over on this. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think the Vikings score more than Tennessee did, and just because I really like the uh, the weapons on the Vikings with Dalvin Cook and uh, Adam Thielen and uh, Je- Justin Jefferson. And, uh, of course, I'm starting all those uh, all those players. 
for the Vikings. But my issue is, you know, Adam Thielen, he had a two-touchdown game last week. So, I, so, you know, with the Vikings, I think they it's always one or the other. It's always Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen. Very rarely do you get both of them on the same page where they both are, you know, have a great performance. So I'm actually sitting Adam Thielen in this one, and I think it's going to be Justin Jefferson uh, Jefferson's turn. And he's going to have a pretty uh, – pr- pretty uh, – an amazing day and uh i'm basically sitting everyone else on the vikings um chris herndon at tight end i mean there's not really that many people left after i'm starting um uh, justin jefferson and dalvin cook but i'm sitting Kirk cousins in this one i just think the the cardinals you know i like what they did to ryan Tannehill in week one and Kirk cousins doesn't have the mobility so you sit him in the pocket I really feel like the Cardinals have really improved in the middle of the field with their last two draft picks, and they got themselves a a, a decent pass rush. I think they're going to have a way better pass rush than they have the last couple seasons, and I think Kirk Cousins is a sitting duck. So on the Arizona side of the ball, I mean, I'm starting everybody. I'm sitting Max Williams. I'm sitting A.J. Green. But, I mean, I'm starting Rondell Moore even. Christian Kirk, who had a two-touchdown day. Really got to like his production, and I think that continues. I really feel like the fantasy football community really slept on Christian Kirk. And I take responsibility for that as well because I kind of did too. Uh, you know, you, you hear about all the new pieces with A.J. Green and Rondell Moore, and you're like, wow, there's no room for Christian Kirk. Well, Christian Kirk's a pretty good receiver, and he's relevant, and he's still going to get his share of targets. So um, he, he's definitely... Uh, undervalued and it wasn't even drafted in, in some circles so if you can pick him up he's definitely a guy that you uh, need to go out and get if you can especially in this high-powered offense but you know Kyler Murray I'm starting I'm starting Chase Edmonds and James Conner and I'm really high on Chase Edmonds and James Conner but I think Chase Edmonds can have a huge game in this one the Vikings defense uh it wasn't a one-year anomaly they, they don't really have a lot going on for them especially in a Zimmer type team he prides himself in defense, but uh, since they kind of dismantled their secondary, they haven't been the same team, and their defense hasn't looked very good. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously. I don't need to mention him. We already talked about Christian Kirk and, uh, yeah, Rondell Moore. So should be a high-scoring game, and I can't wait to see how it pans out, but I'm really excited about this Cardinal team this year. The Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And with the Falcons being in the big sombrero, I just this is gonna be this is gonna be shellacking. You know, the deal is the Buccaneers are favored by 13 points. That's almost two touchdowns. And this being a division game, I just can't see that happening. I, I know the Buccaneers are really good and they score a lot of points, but you know, the Falcons got annihilated by the Eagles. But this is a week-to-week league, you know, and I just can't see the Falcons losing by two touchdowns. Well, any NFL team losing by two touchdowns. I mean, obviously it can happen, but to predict that and to bet on that, I just can't do that. I'm taking the Falcons. It's a 52 over-under. I'm taking the over on this. I think the Falcons score more than they did against the Eagles, and I think the Buccaneers just, you know, score a bunch of points as well. So it's going to be a kind of a shootout-type game, and... You know, you, you really got to wonder why the Falcons didn't draft their future at quarterback. Matt Ryan, 
as solid as he has been his whole career, he can you can kind of tell he's getting towards the end, and they need uh, they need that replacement. You know, they, they have some weapons around him, uh, Calvin Ridley, and uh, you know Russell Gage is an okay receiver, but uh, they drafted Kyle Pitts, so there's there's something to work with there. Running back wise, Mike Davis. I mean, I have Mike. Actually, here's the the only Falcon I have on my bench is Mike Davis. I'm starting everyone else. I really think everyone else can have a, a really good game. Hayden Hurst, Kyle Pitts. Buccaneers don't defend the tight end position, so I think there's room for both of them, especially with Kyle Pitts really working in that slot uh, position. And uh, you know, obviously Ridley and Gage uh, can have a really big game in here, especially playing from behind and. You know, if anything, they can get some garbage time points. I really think Gage and Ridley are going to be the the garbage men. You know, they're going to have uh, games where they don't do much the whole game, and then towards the end where they're just passing like crazy and uh, uh, trying to play catch up. You're going to see uh, a lot of points coming out of them. So uh, there's nothing wrong with garbage men in fantasy football. We, uh, you know, all, all points are the same regardless on how you know teams get them or how players get them. So it's. Uh, but that's what it's going to be like for the Falcons this year, I believe. On the uh, Buccaneers side, I'm starting Tom Brady. I'm starting Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown. Rob Gronkowski has a huge matchup here. Uh, Falcons are horrible against the tight end. Rob Gronkowski had a bad matchup last week and just dominated. So I just think that continues in this one. And I, here's the deal. Bruce Arians is always trying to play, you know, trying to play sly a little bit. Ronald Jones fumbled, was benched the rest of the game, and then he's like, well, he's starting this next game. He's going to be really heavily involved. I don't think he's going to be heavily involved. I, I think he might get some action, of course. They're going to use him, but I still think it's going to be the Leonard Fournette show. I think it's just Bruce Aarons, you know, uh, playing a little game with uh, everybody and uh, trying to keep the Falcons guessing. So I have Ronald Jones on my bench. When Bruce Arians says something, I try to do the opposite. Kind of like with uh, Sean McVay. I, I try to do the same thing with him as well. It's all kind of gamesmanship, and that's how I feel with this Ronald Jones uh, declaration. I have Chris Godwin on the bench, and I had him on the bench last week, and he actually did pretty well. Uh, I'm just still worried about that, and I just feel like with all the, uh, you know, uh, Tom Brady's going to have to distribute the ball to a lot of different targets. And Chris Godwin is the one I'm least confident about in that regard this week. So I think he takes a step back this week. Even though I love Chris Godwin, I think he's actually probably my favorite receiver on this team. Um, I just feel like if uh, anyone's going to suffer this week from uh, everyone getting a piece of the pie, it's going to be Godwin. So there you go. Buccaneers easily win this one, but I still don't think it's going to be by two touchdowns. The Tennessee Titans at the Seattle Seahawks. This game is, you know, Seattle's favored by five and a half points. And I still think Tennessee's a good team, so I don't like that. I know Seattle's at home, but I'm taking the Titans in this one. Give me those points. I think Seattle wins this game, but I, I think Tennessee keeps it close. They were embarrassed last week, and I don't see them getting embarrassed two weeks in a row. Although I do think they'll start out 0-2, which will be, uh, you know, it'll get people in Nashville, uh, you know, they'll start to panic a little bit, I think. So the over-under is 54. I'm taking the over on this. This is going to be a high-scoring game. Tennessee's defense is garbage. It's worse than it was last year. 
and Seattle Seahawks, you know, they're known for their great D, and I think they've taken a step back this year as well. So I'm uh, all on board with uh, offense in this game. Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, uh, I like all of them. You need to start all of them. Uh, I really think Chris Carson has a big game here. I think Russell Wilson has a big game here. And, uh, you know, between Lockett and uh, Metcalf, I think they both can be productive. I mean, that's how bad this Titan secondary is. I am benching Gerald Everett just because the Titans do pretty well against the tight end, and he had a bad matchup last week and produced, but I'm not going to press my luck two weeks in a row, and uh, so for a second straight week, he's on my bench. And on the Titan side of the ball, I like Derrick Henry. I mean, you got to start Derrick Henry every week. He's matchup proof. I like A.J. Brown in this one. I didn't, you know, he had kind of a down week last week, so I think he makes up for it this week and has a great week. But Tannehill, Julio Jones, Anthony Ferkser, I don't, I have them all on my bench. I don't like, uh, you know, and part of it's the offense. I, I don't like the way the, uh, I don't like the way the game was called last week at all. And I mean, it, it hurts that Arthur Smith's not there anymore. So. I don't know if that's, you know, it's them getting acclimated to the new offense or just the new offense is that bad, but I'm sitting Tannehill and Julio Jones in this one, and I really need them to figure it out because I think Ryan Tannehill's a great talent and actually was really high on him this year, but didn't expect this offense to look like it has this first week, so hopefully that's not a trend. Anyways, again, Seattle wins this game, but it's close and, you know, take the Titans in the points in this one. And the over. It's going to be high scoring. The Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are favored by three. And I'm taking the Cowboys in this one. And I really like the way the Cowboys played against the Buccaneers. I don't like their defense, so I think the Chargers are going to be able to exploit it. But I think... You know, the Chargers defense is great, but I think the Cowboys can play with any defense with that offense. So the over-under is 55. I'm taking the over. I think they score more than that. And I I think the Cowboys potentially can pull off the upset here. It will just be a high-scoring affair. So I'm starting everybody. I'm basically starting everybody in this matchup, except, which is going to be surprising, I'm not starting Ezekiel Elliott and I'm not starting Austin Eckler. I think it's a bad matchup for both. I don't feel like they're going to get, you know, they'll get the volume. I just don't think they'll get the production. Ezekiel Elliott had a rough week one, and I think this is going to be a a second bad matchup for him in a row. Uh, After this week, I think you can breathe easy and put Ezekiel Elliott in your lineup the rest of the season. Uh, But regardless, you're probably going to put him in your lineup. It's one of those things, again, where with that volume, yeah, he should probably be in your lineup, but again for a second straight week I wouldn't expect really big results and Austin Eckler same type of thing I think the Cowboys are able to kind of corral him up and uh, they're really gonna have to go through the air to uh, get production uh, for this offense so that's why I'm really high on Justin Herbert Keenan Allen Mike Williams and Jared Cook and Donald Parham I think they're you know these tight ends are gonna have monster games against this Cowboys uh, defense so uh, I definitely have both of them on there and the same the other way like Dalton Schultz Blake Jarwin Chargers don't defend the tight end position very well either, so they could both have pretty decent games. But C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, I have all of both of them on there. And, and to be honest, 
Cedric Wilson's on my bench. I know he's getting some play now because Michael Gallup's on IR. Uh, so I, I definitely think he's a good play going forward, but I don't think he's a good play this week. And uh, both quarterbacks are going to be studs. They both need to be played. And it's going to be a fun, exciting game. And uh, this is actually probably one of the more exciting, uh, you know, between the, them and the uh Titans and the Seahawks. These are the two games that I definitely want to watch in these afternoon games. The Kansas City Chiefs at the Baltimore Ravens. And I'll be honest, when I saw this game on the schedule before the season, I was really excited about this game. And uh, it was definitely a must-watch TV type of game where I'm like, man, I can't wait to see this one. But with the Ravens Injuries at running back, and then just, you know, their, their play against the Raiders where they didn't look like they had very many weapons to use on offense, and Lamar Jackson looked like he was trying to do too much. And even their defense looked a little leaky, more so than it usually is. So all those factors together, um, I obviously am taking the Chiefs in this one. They're favored by three. I'll give up those three points. But I will, you know, I do think it will be a high-scoring game. 55.5 is the over-under, and I believe you know the Chiefs can score on anybody and the Ravens will will definitely score against this Kansas City defense because I'm not really big on this Kansas City defense I think it's overrated a little bit but uh starting wise you know Patrick Mahomes my homie he's a start he's always he's matchup proof Clyde Edwards Hilaire I think we'll have a good game in this one I didn't like the matchup last week with the Browns but this one I do I think Edwards Hilaire will have a really good game but uh daryl williams i think also will have a good game so it's it's looking like it's a committee type backfield there now um but it's just the first week of the season so as of right now i like both of those running backs and then obviously travis kels is i think a top play of the week and then uh, with the uh, wide receivers you know tyree kill of course is going to be on this list of must starts it's not even a question so when you move over to the Ravens uh, side of the ball, I'm actually sitting Lamar Jackson. I didn't like what I saw against the Raiders, and I think the Chiefs will uh, you know, get him to, to commit some turnovers. I don't think he'll be able to run like he was able to against the, uh, the Raiders. And it's going to be him having to pass the ball. And anytime Lamar Jackson has to sit back and pass the ball, it's, it's usually not a good output for him. So... I am sitting him and Sammy Watkins because, you know, Sammy Watkins was supposed to have a big first week. He really didn't, so now his whole season's shot until the playoffs. So you, you can officially drop Sammy Watkins now. This is your uh, public service announcement of Watkins played his first week and didn't do what he normally does. You know, usually gets the fan base excited or fantasy football owners excited by that first week and then fades into oblivion. So now I just think he fades into oblivion. But I am starting Hollywood Brown. I think he can have a, a decent game. And then obviously Mark Andrews, the Chiefs don't do well against the tight end position. And I think Mark Andrews will have a kind of a comeback game from a it's kind of mediocre performance last week. And then Tyson Williams and uh, Latavius Murray. I am starting both of those guys. They're going to be a running back by committee. And I think there's scoring potential for both of them. And definitely a lot, you know, a lot of yards and, and volume for Williams in this one so it'll be exciting we'll see kansas city uh you know it's 
kind of, a, like I said, a Debbie Downer because this game looked really exciting on paper before the season. And, um, you know, we'll just have to watch the game and see what happens. The Monday night game, very exciting. It's going to be the Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers. And this is just going to be the Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams revenge show. They're going to be angry about their performance last week. And I don't blame them. They looked atrocious and deserved to lose as bad as they did. And the Detroit Lions actually showed better than they thought against the 49ers. I still think they're a bad team. But this is shaking up to be a really high-scoring game. The Packers are favored by 10.5 points. And the Packers' history against the Lions, no matter how good the Packers are, no matter how bad the Lions are, the Lions give them a game. Now, the Packers don't always lose. Sometimes they do lose in this type of game. But uh, they, they don't play well, and the Lions keep it close. Having said that, I don't think it's going to be one of those games where they, you know, it's low scoring and they're, it's because the Lions are holding the pack back. I think it's the opposite where both teams are just scoring at will because both defenses are just not, uh, not playing like they need to. And especially for the Packers, I think their defense is better than how they've been playing lately, uh, even from last year. And, and Lions just don't have a defense. So 48.5 is the over-under. I'm taking the over. But I am taking the Lions and getting the 10.5 points. In, in this type of matchup with the, being in the division, the Lions' propensity to keep it close against the Packers. And I'm starting Jared Goff. I'm starting DeAndre Swift and Jamal at Williams. I think Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift are going to have monster games. Packers, you know, notoriously just don't uh, defend the running back position very well. They give up a lot of yards on the ground. So uh, wide receiver-wise, I mean, Trinity Benson, Quentin Cephas, T.J. Hawkinson, I like those guys. I mean, the Lions are going to score. I just don't know who it's going to be. And I'm just, uh, those three seem to be my uh, top three based off of the targets that they got last week to uh, have the best chance of scoring. So I'm putting them in the start list. And then I'm sitting uh, Khalif Raymond. I thought last week was just kind of, you know, one of those things where he was used more than uh, what he should have been and will be in the future. I'm on Ross St. Brown. I'm benching him, too, just because he's a rookie. I need to see more from him. And then Tyrell Williams, obviously, because he's hurt. So uh, Tyrell Williams is hurt for more games than he actually plays. But he's a talent. He just can't get out on the field. So he's he's always a, a scary play and needs to be on the bench. So I'm, I'm starting Jared Goff because I really think that uh, they'll be having to play from behind a little bit and have to throw the ball. But DeAndre Swift's a great receiving back, so that doesn't affect him at all. And that's really it in this one. I mean, Packers, I'm starting everybody, you know, everyone. Except for Alan Lazard, I think, is the only bench I have. And that's just because I think uh, Valdez Scantling and Randall Cobb are going to have a bigger influence in this game. All the running backs, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, they're starting. So it should be a good Monday night game to wrap things up. And it'll be fun, and, and Packers will definitely get their revenge. But Detroit, we'll keep it close. Now it's time for the Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban Stars of the Week. Let's see who they are. Stars of the Week. We'll uh, give you our Week 2 stars. Wanted to touch base on our Week 1 stars because we like to hold ourselves accountable. 
QB, my three quarterbacks were Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, and then Jalen Hurts. And I got to say, I, I kind of nailed that. Uh, Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes were two out of the three that were the top three quarterbacks of the week. You know, I missed on Jared Goff. And, you know, if I hit on that, then you guys should be paying me. But uh, Jalen Hurts had an amazing day with uh, the, you know, the touchdown passes to Rager and Smith and you know, he got a lot of rushing yards, so he was up there in the uh, the uh, top five in uh, fantasy quarterbacks. So I was close. And and then uh, running backs, I had Gus Edwards. Little did we know he'd uh, bust up his uh, his knee the very next day and be out for the season. So he didn't even play in this one. You know, the Ravens running backs were solid as you know between Tyson Williams and uh, Latavius Murray. They were solid, but uh, I thought that all could have went to Gus Edwards and made him have a big day. Well, he's out for the year, so it doesn't matter. Raheem Mostert had Mostert, and he was off to a big day. Two carries, 20 yards. His backups dominated, had two touchdowns, and like 138 yards after that. That could have been Mostert's. Oh, well. Two out of the three were injured, and he played like... There was two carries between the top two running backs uh, after I made those predictions. Chase Edmonds was my third. really liked Chase Edmonds, but uh, didn't have the game that uh, I thought he would against the Titans. But part of it was they had such a big lead, and they did a really good job of just mixing it around between him, James Conner, and um, you know Kyler Murray was even in on the action a little bit. Uh, wide receiver had DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, Tyler Boyd. And my only bomb here was Tyler Boyd. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins had two touchdowns with from Kyler Murray. Tyreek Hill was one of the top receivers. He had a hundred and like eighty-nine yards and a touchdown. So I nailed two out of the three on this one. And then uh, tight end Travis Kels, Dallas Goddard, and Tyler Croft. Uh, I got Kels, of course. He was the top tight end, and. Uh, Goddard got a touchdown and had a really productive day. Croft was my, eh, he was average. He didn't really get a touchdown, so that really hurt his output. And uh, But overall, I'm pretty happy with it. I mean, I really feel like I, I, I at three of the uh, uh, of the four positions, I nailed two out of the three. So I'm excited, and I'm excited to give you this week's. So starts of the week, QB. My number three star is Justin Herbert versus the Cowboys. I mean, you saw what Tom Brady did, and I get that as Tom Brady, but the Cowboys are horrible at defending the pass, just horrible, and I don't see them improving. Justin Herbert's a good quarterback. I think he's just going to have an amazing day, and, uh, you know, his day against the Washington football team wasn't great, but they're a good defense, and, and the Cowboys aren't. So give me Justin Herbert. Number two is Tom Brady, and, again, you saw what he did to the Cowboys crazy what you know to imagine what he do against the Falcons the Falcons pass defense is even worse than the Cowboys so I gotta put Tom Brady on here then my number one is Russell Wilson against the Titans I didn't like what I saw from that Titans defense at all and I think Russell Wilson's just going to have a day on Sunday so uh, he's gonna be my number one star running back my number three star is Najee Harris you know I was excited about him against the Bills. The Bills actually did a good job of bottling him up. I don't think the Raiders are as lucky. I, I think Najee is going to have a huge game and make up for his lackluster week one. So he's my number three. My number two is Melvin Gordon. 
the Broncos running back against the Jaguars. I mean, it's at Jacksonville, but they're horrible against defending the run. I mean, you saw Philip Lindsay was in on the action, Mark Ingram. Like, they were able to run all over the Jaguars, and I really like what Melvin Gordon can do in this matchup a lot. Actually, he's one of my favorite plays here. I just think that uh, he's going to just annihilate. And even Javante Williams. I think Javante Williams could have a great game. And Melvin Gordon could still be a top play here. Uh, and then my number one running back is Aaron Jones, the Packers running back against the Lions. He had a bad week one. And, uh, you know, that's fine. He's he's allowed to have a bad week one. But against this Lions uh, defense, you know, they want to have a good defense and they don't. And you, you kind of saw that against the 49ers where they were able to do kind of whatever they wanted against the Lions. And I really like Aaron Jones in this type of environment and feel like he's going to be the number one running back. Wide receiver, Keenan Allen's my number three. Again, Justin Herbert's got to throw it somewhere. Keenan Allen is his main guy. Just I think the target volume that he's going to get is going to be insane. So just on that note, i, I got to put Keenan Allen as my, my top receiver. Number two is uh, DK Metcalf. Again, uh, Russell Wilson's my number one quarterback. He's going to be throwing it to Metcalf and lock it all day. I actually think both of them could be relevant, but I give the edge to Metcalf just because he's such a bully. I mean, his size is uh, against that uh, Titan secondary. is It's scary to even think about, so I think he has a monster game. And then my number one is DeAndre Hopkins against the Vikings. Vikings still haven't fixed that secondary. You know, their safeties are okay, but those cornerbacks on the outside and uh, DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a second big game in a row against this Vikings D. And then at tight end, I got kind of the same people. I mean, Dallas Goddard's back on the list, but he's at number three, playing against the 49ers. 49ers gave up a lot of points to the tight end and TJ Hawkinson, so I think uh, Dallas uh, Goddard is going to be a relevant play and be a top three this week. Number two, I got Rob Gronkowski for the Buccaneers versus Atlanta. And again, he had a bad matchup last week and was the top tight end. And so I think, you know, against an Atlanta defense that can't defend anybody, Gronkowski could even have, you know, I can't say he'll have a bigger day because that's hard to beat, but he's going to have a really big day. And then my number one is Travis Kels at Baltimore. I mean, this Chiefs offense, Baltimore gave up so many targets to Waller. Kels is the same type of guy where he can get open and, he, he's going to eat the Ravens' defense alive in the middle of the field, and he's going to be a top play at tight end for me this week. So uh, we'll see how that works out, and uh, let's just move on to our uh, FanDuel lineup. All right, here it is. Here's the fun part of the show where we give you the FanDuel lineup where you earn some money. Now, you're not actually even earning the money. I'm just telling you the lineup, and you get the money by putting in this lineup. So... It doesn't get any easier than that. But starting off QB, Russell Wilson. He's $8,500, so he's pretty expensive, but he's playing with the Tennessee Titans, and the Seattle Seahawks are at home. I really like this matchup. You saw what Kyler Murray did last week with the Cardinals at Nashville, and I just am not, I don't like this Titans defense. I don't think they've improved at all. I actually think they got worse. I, I do like the offseeds and signing of Bud Dupree, but I mean, that secondary is horrid, and I, you know, and it, the Cardinals kind of proved that in week one. So here we go into week two. I got Russell Wilson as the QB to, to have. He's also, as you 
you know, if you've been listening to the whole show, one of my stars of the week. So I definitely wanted him in there. My running back, again, it's another star of the week, but it's Melvin Gordon the third, Denver Broncos. They're at Jacksonville playing the Jaguars. He's only $5,900. So at $5,900, I think that's a bargain, especially when I think he's going to be one of the top running backs this week against that horrible Jacksonville defense. So I'll take that all day long. And this is crazy because usually FanDuel lineups, I'm like pretty close to my salary being zero. And after this lineup, I have an extra $500. I just really like these players that uh, I have in here in my lineup. So uh, my other running back, Najee Harris for the Steelers against the Raiders. Raiders can't stop the run. They weren't able to do it against the Ravens. I really feel like this is a bounce back game for Harris. He, you know, the, didn't really... Uh, meet expectations against the Bills, but I think that was due to a ramped-up Bills defense. You know, they really uh, really uh, added some pieces in the offseason to be more formidable. And uh, the Raiders, I like their pass rush on defense, but I don't like their their uh, rushing uh, defense. So give me Najee all day long. Then my number one receiver, I'm going to match it up. You always have a quarterback match with one of the pass catchers, and that's to me, is DK Metcalf. $7,000, and I just feel like him and Lockett are both going to have big days, so it's kind of like pick your choose. Either one of those guys would be a great place here, and I just like DK Metcalf because he's a big physical receiver, and uh, I think he can really bully this Titan secondary. My next receiver is Allen Robinson the second. I guess I'm all about you know, the second, the third, the juniors, uh, the Browns, whatever. But uh, Allen Robinson, the second, is $7,200. He's going up against the Chicago, or sorry, the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't like, I don't like the Bengals secondary. You know, I like Jesse Bates, and but uh, I really feel like the Bengals secondary has always been kind of a weak spot. And Allen Robinson, I think, is one of the top receivers in the league. And even with Andy Dalton or Justin Fields, I think it's way better and a step up than Mitchell Trubisky and Blake Bortles. So he, he gets the targets. He got the, the targets against the Rams, but it just ran really, really bad routes and really short routes. So I don't know what they were doing with that uh, game plan. But in this one, I expect him to kind of have that top 10 receiver type performance and, and be like a, you know, be a top play. My next receiver is Antonio Brown. They're playing the Falcons. That's all I need to say. And I think Antonio Brown at $6,400 is a bargain. So that's why I went with him. You know, you could go with Godwin Evans, but I think Antonio Brown could potentially regain his number one receiver form. Tom Brady's going to be looking for him. So I don't think the first week was a fluke. I think this is going to be the expectation, and actually Antonio Brown's going to be the, the, the main guy here. So... At $6,400 especially, I'll take that all day. And uh, sticking with the theme of the Buccaneers against the Falcons, the Falcons also, they don't defend the tight end very well. And Rob Gronkowski had an amazing day against the Cowboys, where previously the Cowboys were pretty good at defending the tight end. Gronkowski didn't care. He had two touchdowns and uh, was the top tight end play of last week. So I think... uh, you know, with his rapport he has with Brady, I think he keeps that up, and he has another big week, especially against this putrid defense. You know, he could do it against uh, good uh, defenses against the tight end, so I think he can do it, obviously, uh, with bad defenses. And I'm not going to say he's going to score two touchdowns because I don't like to predict that, 
but I definitely feel like he's going to get a lot of targets. Then my flex, I got Derrick Henry here. And I did that because Derrick Henry's a guy that, uh, you know, usually, uh, and he, he kind of disproved it last year, but usually he kind of has a slow start and then starts picking things up around uh, Thanksgiving. Well, I know this is way before Thanksgiving, but I think the Titans are going to go back to really establishing Derrick Henry in the running game. And, uh, you know, because that offense just looked really bad last week. And, and they, I felt like they kind of went away from Derrick Henry a little bit. So I feel like they uh, kind of came to their senses and they're going to uh, run Derrick Henry a lot. Seattle, they're not the defense they used to be. They're definitely giving up some some rushing yards and even passing yards. I mean, let's be honest, Seattle's defense is not the, uh, it's more, they're going by reputation more than they are going by results recently. So there's there's definitely room for Tennessee to, to have a lot of offense in this game. And Derrick Henry's the, uh, the workhorse. So you got to play. And then finally, defense, I got the Denver Broncos. I mean, they're playing Jacksonville. I, you know, I felt like the Texans were a horrible defense and they only scored, like, what, 17 or 20-something points, whatever. But uh, I think Denver is going to really, uh, you know, I felt like they did a good job against the Giants, and I, I definitely feel like they're going to be all over Trevor Lawrence and cause a bunch of turnovers. So at $4,600, I'm all in on that. And I know I saved money at some places, and I, and I didn't need to because I really have a lot left in my budget. But uh, I really believe in this lineup. I think this is uh, one of the better lineups to have for this week. And uh, it definitely should get you in the uh, the money round to, uh, to at least double your money on this. But uh, I guess we'll see. Time will tell. And, uh, yeah, good luck. Week two analysis is in the books. So now let's sit back, relax, grab a beer, watch some of your favorite games, cheer on your favorite fantasy players. This is Ms. the Wiz Montalban doing the Ms. the Wiz Montalban fantasy football podcast. We appreciate you listening. See you next time. Good luck this week. Cheers. <laughs>